What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? This is a podcast where we're going to be talking about fear uh, from fireworks, fear from thunder, as well as the problem and solution for most of your dog issues. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, we just ranked, I think, one of the top three po- pet and animal podcasts in all of London or UK or England, something like that. Uh, so anyway, appreciate everyone out there listening to the podcast all over the world. Um, it really is something I'm, I'm excited about. The podcast is very fun to do, and I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you guys are in the UK, just remember I'm coming this September. You guys can come and watch, and you guys can also bring your dogs. Tickets are open to the public right now, just released. Click the link in the description to listen. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering you guys, your guys' questions. So if you guys have questions, you want me to specifically answer, all you have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave your review and your question. If you're listening to this on Spotify, do me an absolute solid favor and review this podcast. It really helps us get exposed to new people that are struggling with their dogs. Enjoy the podcast. I'll talk to you at the end. So what's going on? Yeah. So when I first um, actually signed up for this conversation, there was a whole new subject that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, but actually, that one step into the second uh, priority, um, right now, in the last week, I encountered... So I have a two-year-old working line shepherd, German shepherd. Um, she's been with me since she's nine weeks old. Um, and she's never... She's always been very fearful, um, but never to the point where she is in a panic state. And recently, uh, long story short, I was leaving, I live in an apartment complex. I was leaving my um, exit door because I have to take the exit door because of the reactivity that became the second uh, problem. Um, And someone threw fireworks and she absolutely lost it. Um, And I've never seen her so upset and so scared um, to where she was shaking and she was crying and she 
And that has happened to us before, but not to the extent that she ran and wasn't listening to me at all. So I did have it on a leash, but I had a retractable leash. And she was at the end of the leash and she was not listening to me. She just wanted back into the house. We went back into the house. And my worry was that she became so fearful that she did not want to leave the house. Like I put the, because this happened, right? I take the stairs down of my apartment and we are walking towards the part where we always go. So this happens right in the property. So for, I would say four or five days after that, she wouldn't, I would have to get her in the car and drive somewhere else because she was so scared. Like as soon as I touched the grass where the fireworks blew, she was shaking and she wouldn't move. And like, I didn't know how to handle it. I was really like sad and scared because I've never for two years seen her that scared. And we've heard noises before. She's heard fireworks before. I don't know if it was the proximity or what triggered the re such big reaction. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about what is your recommendation to kind of desensitize her to reacting so fearful around um, fireworks. Um, this happened Sunday, not yesterday, but two, uh, one Sunday ago. And it took about five to six days for her to start being comfortable walking the path again. Um, because something what problem to me was that she didn't want to pee or poop outside of the apartment. So I would have to get her in the car and find a place where she felt safe enough to do her needs because she also doesn't do it in the apartment. Um, so I need her in the future, um, you know, now with the 4th of July coming and, and it, the problem is not only fireworks. Um, let's say we're walking down the street and someone honks and that was a noise that didn't bother her at all. But now someone honks a car and, and she's like, I'm out. I went home. Um, so it's like she went from a very like happy. She likes to play. She likes to smell. She was completely unbothered by noises to a dog who's like hypersensitive to every single noise we hear. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> So yeah, what's your, um, I don't know, approach? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> fireworks are one of those things that you there's not much you can do, um, yeah. mainly because um, dogs are, it, it, it's natural for them to be afraid of fireworks. It's terrifying for them, mostly. <laughs> um, so there's not much you can do about that at all. The only thing that you can do is do the best you can to monitor like her surroundings and her environments and her situations because I talk about fireworks and thunder all the time and I just tell dog owners that there's there's no – once your dog has this fear of fireworks or thunder, there's there's not much that you can do to, to get that to change just because, again, it's a very natural thing for – it's like if you don't like scary movies and you're watching one, you're like, I'm terrified. I'm like, I can't help you with that. Like that, that's you. You feel that way. I could talk okay. to you about like, hey, it's okay. It's not this. It's not that. And it's like, nope. So fireworks are just one of those things that uh, when you talk about like natural, natural things for dogs to be afraid of, um, just because of like their genetics and over time, it's it's a, they 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 shouldn't be around that. That's that's dogs aren't. <laughs> 
supposed to be around it. Um, and, and it's natural for them to go into fight or flight when they hear this, the world ending. That's what it is for them. They hear these bombs yeah. going off and they can't do anything. I've also had, but it's very black and white. Like some dogs don't care at all. Could care less. Yeah. Um, she used to not like, we never hear them this. I, okay. I honestly think this was like, a group of teenagers who did it on purpose because they also did it right in front of the dog park. Um, so I think she's never heard it that close. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before, like... This episode of the No Bad Dogs podcast is brought to you by my friends at AG1. You guys may or may not know this by now, but I travel quite a bit for work. I'm in airplanes, airports. I have a 10-month-old that's crawling and getting into everything and also isn't sleeping all the way through the night. So my body is pretty fatigued and I'm constantly on the road. I've been taking AG1 for a little over a year now because it's the daily foundational nutrition supplement that literally takes care of everything in my body and I drink it every single morning before I do anything. I have a routine in the morning, I wake up, I do my AG1, slurp that down in a cold glass of water and then I get into my smoothie and my coffee. And to be honest with you guys, I used to have that big pill thing with the Monday through Sunday type jammer with all the different pills in there and AG1 pretty much takes care of all of that and it's really nice because when I'm on the road I can just have the travel packs pop them into my suitcase and I could take AG1 with me on the road and it feels so good to be able to be on the road and continue to start my day with a very healthy start if you guys are looking for a simpler effective investment for your health Try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. You guys can click the link below or drinkag1.com slash MBD. That's drinkag1.com slash MBD. It wasn't, so I have her off leash a lot, which it hasn't happened since the fear because now every little like noise she hears, she's like, oh my God, that's, that's, that's that one that uh, it made me so scared. So she likes skedaddle, um, which is kind of like a part of why I wanted to see if there was something for me to help her. Like, again, desensitize her on other noises. So she can be awfully, she can run because now I can literally not have her off leash at all. Um, yeah, she, she, yeah, it's, it's very scary when I have her off leash. Cause it happened one time prior when I had her off leash this wasn't the first time I had her off leash someone threw a firework next to us I I don't know why this happened two times in the last three weeks and it was before like that but you I can't control who throw fireworks around me um so I have her off leash and she ran almost to the stream but in that occasion, she, her recall was really good. I called her and I know she was scared, but she came back to me. We said and we left. Mm-hmm. But this second time, she was like, absolutely not. I hear you. I want I want out. I want to go home. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's like I said, there's uh, dogs who get into fighter dogs the majority of dogs so i used to be a dog control officer and 85 to 90 percent of the dogs that were killed by cars were right now and there's not so so my point is is i i just want to be uh i'm going to give you some some ideas and some techniques and some things to go over for desensitization but there's there's nothing you can do and that's the one thing that i i there's two things that we can't 
work on with these dogs. There's two things. I can I can change a dog's behavior with a piece of rope in the middle of the desert and and change lives. Fireworks and 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 thunder? Nope. Can't do anything. There's nobody anybody in the world God himself can't do anything, right? So those are the two things that you cannot do anything about. So um there's so you have to like even but it changes. The the interesting thing about the fireworks and the thunder is is it changes for some dogs. My Dutch Shepherd never used to care about it. Now she does. She's terrified of it. She has to take trazodone when it happens. So okay. so there's a couple things is first thing is obviously like you said, like you can't control what other people are doing, but you you have to know like your surroundings enough to to really um make it successful for your dog like obviously this is new for you guys but if this continues to happen then you got it you have two options you either let it happen or you move that's it there's not there's nothing else you can do about it that's it and and i know that it's frustrating because it's like but those are the only two things on this planet that no dog trainer can do anything about at all so you so it sounds like you're dealing with ptsd as well the dog is which is again very common um, for these things to happen. They get in a very traumatic experience. They think they're getting gunned down by God, and they think they're dead. And then they 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 think that they made it out by the skin of their teeth. And then when they hear something that resembles, I mean, that's what PTSD is. Period. It, it's mm-hmm. it's it's basically flashing you back to a time that I, I have PTSD when it comes to dog sounds so because i've worked with so many dogs that are trying trying to hurt me if somebody moves a chair wrong and it growls my heart rate goes through the roof and i have like a mini panic attack and then i'm like oh, okay it's just the chair so uh, and there's people who have it way more severe because of other things but i'm just saying um that's probably what you're dealing with now so the honking the garbage man the banging dropping something on the floor all those things are going to trigger that response now because of that traumatic event so um there's 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 only so much that you can do with desensitization because there's a threshold of having these noises be very low and minimal and the dogs can't even hear it or it doesn't register to the dog of what it is and then once it crosses that threshold of scary then the dog goes into flight and then they just want to leave and that's where it becomes very dangerous so even with my dog Lakota one time this last year it was right when my son was born and it was just a chaotic time still is but she was outside and we forgot to bring her in and we left for the um pediatrician appointment and then it started thundering and we got a text from a neighbor that said that they saw her on a ring three neighborhoods over and she she uh went a mile and a half just kept running and running and running and running and this is again this is very common thunderstorms fireworks Mistakes happen, okay. things happen. So my suggestion for you for fireworks, especially getting closer to this holiday, is again, like there's there's nothing that you can do to knock on dun, 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 dun. hey, my dog's afraid of fire. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So the only thing you could do is you have to you have to get creative and prepare you and your dog's um self. So I tell people that live in cities and live in areas where you know there's going to be fireworks popping off all over. You have to, I would get an Airbnb, get a VRBO, get a hotel, just go as far away as you can. Um, and just spend the week, just spend the weekend or spend the night 
somewhere that's far away from the fireworks. And this is the only thing, again, on the planet that you'll hear me say, run away, because there's nothing that you can do about it. Your dog is um, outside of medication, because obviously that would be helpful too. That's what I use when there's like severe thunderstorms for all night, and my dog is crawling into my lap shaking. Um, That's where... Mm -hmm medication is warranted at that point she just takes she falls asleep Mm -hmm. and she's good um that's okay to do but again medication isn't one of those things that uh, when you're out at the park and then you know somebody lights off a bottle rocket or whatever because it tends to happen kind of drawn out throughout the summer too Mm -hmm. where people get their hands on fireworks and then they're kind of left you know and and yeah so you just have to be mindful and careful about the situations that you're putting her in. But as far as desensitization goes, like I said, it's tough because there's that threshold of a firework is a very same thing with thunder. It's very hard to simulate without it, with it being um, like doing the real thing justice. Like you can, yeah. you know what I mean? You can hear this little pop and yeah. you can, mm-hmm. you can play thunder. Yeah, it's not this. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly. It's not the same, and it's there's like there there is no fine line there. It's it's literally like, oh, that's just um, your YouTube firework sounds, and then there's the real Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah, no, I something that it did help. um, I think on day two after the the situation, um, I found uh, because I did have to go to work, so I found like a YouTube like dog calming Mm -hmm. noise. So I do notice that I let her with that noise, like calming sound during yeah. the day. Um, and she was a lot more calmer when I get, when I got home. Um, because like I said, I also was worried about the fact that it wasn't the trigger itself. It was like every single noise in my apartment. She was like, I dropped my phone into a table and she's running mm-hmm. under the bed. Mm-hmm. And those things haven't happened before. So I did put like those calming noises thing. And I did notice her a lot calmer and like less um, reactive or sensitive to like outside noises. But yeah, it's so sad. I, I, I have, I was thinking about the medication just for like 4th of July and stuff like that. Um, and and I, I just have to go to the bed. This happened recently, maybe less than a week ago. So yeah. And oh, and something I want to add is that so right now I'm I'm visiting my family, but she I left her with a sitter and Thursday the sitter did told me by yesterday that she's not scared of going outside anymore. Like she's like going back to the bathroom and she's going back to the park and play. Um so it's more like right after the trigger, there's like a week where she's like I I fear I'm scared I don't want to go there and then like it kind of goes away but it's unfair because then I don't know when it's going to happen again and I'm in that state where I'm also like trigger and like looking around and be like oh my god when it's going to happen like what am I going to do where is it coming from so yeah but um thankfully I am actually moving at the end of the month (laughs) so hopefully I would like find an apartment where it's less noisy. Yeah, I I, I feel for you a lot, and and I and I, I trust me, I know how frustrating it is, and it is not easy. And like I said before, I this is just the only thing that. So I I just want to say that 
there's a difference between desensitization and also building confidence because there's confidence building mm -hmm. exercise that you can do to go out okay. and help with these triggers. So desensitization, for an example, again, would be like, oh, let's light fireworks off 100 yards away and then 50 yards and make that easier for the dog to yeah cope with and digest. And that's not it's just not going to be something that you can do. Uh, fairly to the dog and it's just it's not it's typically just not they just get in they just go into panic so but building confidence around the areas that the like you said like the stairwell and the park or any of those areas where the dog has had because the PTSD can come from and I say PTSD lightly I'm just I'm, that's just what we're talking about is just these noises and the insecurities now that's happening and the trigger is the noises but it can also be the areas, so that stairwell and other places, just going out and hanging in those areas. So at least, because those are things you can control. Those are things you can help her get better at. You can go to those areas and build confidence. And if it's a particular spot in the stairwell, you go up and down and up and down, and you kind of just work on literally hanging out in that area for a half an hour. And then any other place... Um, that, that you can, that she might be a little bit fearful of. And then, um, as, and that's why after it had happened, it was kind of like a mental wound where it was like a physical wound where you're like, it's going to be, it's going to be more irritated the day after versus the week after, of course. And that's the mental state of mind as well as that, that, and again, I'm lightly saying this, but like that trauma that she's faced, uh, that mental trauma that she's faced uh, the first couple of days or even the week is going to, she's going to be more, she's definitely going to be more sensitive and more reactive to noises that may have similar effect or similar noises. Um, and so as time goes on each day, she's just going to continue to get better. But things that you can do again is just like, you know, go over there with your cell phone and kind of like hit the ground. Don't look at her. Don't say anything. Hit the, you know, just try to like make these noises as fairly and ethically as you can without her going into panic. Um, and then again, like what you were saying before about what are some other things, playing the noises, playing the TV, playing the white noise, exercise is really helpful. Uh, and then again, like I always tell people if you're in a, an environment, because I know how traumatic it can be. I remember this one time, even, uh, in my old neighborhood, these people, I lived very close to, uh, these other individuals and they were just like a younger kind of party, not very, um, <laughs> not not very thoughtful of their neighbors type people and they were lighting on the 4th of July they were lighting off fireworks like like big fireworks like crazy cops came it was a whole thing everyone ran it was like they were they were criminals apparently but anyway they were lighting oh. off fireworks and literally they were just crashing over my house and my dogs were just in my bed shaking and I just had to go out there several times but at that point you know, there's, there's, there's medication for people who are in those situations. If you live in a, an apartment or a townhome or an area, even if you have a 5,000 square foot house, but the, the one next to you is the same. And there's just people lighting off fireworks. Those are unfortunate, but in my opinion, fortunate opportunities to be like, Hey, my dogs are terrified of this. This is going to be a very bad weekend, a very stressful weekend for me. 
when I was a kid, I used to love fireworks. After I've been working with dogs, I really don't enjoy them anymore because I know that if there's fireworks going off and I can hear them, there's a dog somewhere that's either about to get hit by a car or have a heart attack or whatever. And that's what it represents to me now. And so, but we can't cancel the celebration. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not fair. You know, that's not logical. So things that I do and I tell people all the time is be like, again, it's coming up. It's in like a week and change or whatever. Uh, at this point, um, I think it's next weekend or whatever. Anyway, you just have to, you just have to say like, I'm just, I've had, I've had clients just take a drive. Like the, you know, and I don't care where you live. You can get to the outskirts of your city yeah. by driving. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to actually, so for this weekend, I'm, uh, for the 4th of July weekend, I'm going to have two drugter, um, in, I guess, I don't know if you know this answer or I have to ask the bed. Um, if I do like put her to sleep, well, I mean, that sounds terrible. If I do like get her to sleep, um, through the night where she actually hears the noise, because through this, I am going to a city, um, and I'm not going to leave her in my apartment with a stranger um for such a celebration like i i don't want to do that so i am taking her with me and i do how i plan to have her in the hotel room and like get her down to sleep and give her medication and stuff like that but i don't know if she i don't also don't want her to you know sometimes and i'm, I'm humanizing this but like you have a drug but you can still hear things yeah. like i don't want her that i want her to be like on a day quill on a night quill vibe where you don't like the work can be ending and you can't hear anything yeah but i don't know medication for that yeah it's tough it's it's you know and i'm not a vet so it's hard to say what medication does what uh and and every dog is going to react to it differently because their threshold and their you know whatever yeah, is different it, so mm -hmm. again like if I know in the forecast it's going to be thundering in like just just to give you an example like yeah. if if I know in the forecast it's going to be thundering all night long and me and my wife aren't going to be able to sleep like and and, and obviously mm -hmm. my dog's going to be on the brink of a heart attack the entire night um, that's where I usually just give the medication right when the thunder starts happening about a half an hour later my dog's just chilling and and she's not like she's not into this I know what you're saying about basically having like sleep paralysis where you're mm -hmm. you're mentally terrified but you can't move your body yeah. and i'm yeah. not i'm not going to act like i know exactly what the medication does but i can tell you that yeah. oftentimes when you give dogs these sedative sedative medications they just tend to just fall asleep and they you know they okay. they're just they just knocks them out um and yeah. and or it, it 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 helps with the peaking of the anxiety attacks to where they're not actually physically going to cause harm to themselves by jumping out of a window or um whatever the case may be so it it really just depends but i would just say if you're going to be in an environment where you know there's going to be fireworks going off again like having the the tv loud and the sound machine on and the exercise and i usually wait uh, but it depends if you know your dog and you know the environment because i usually wait until things to start happening because i don't like medicating my any dog um, unless it's necessary. And so I typically wait just to see what's going to happen. Um, and that's what I would do, but you can't like, again, like you can't humanize it to be like, well, I don't want, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, you just have yeah. to, yeah. 
Yeah. So one last question in this subject, and it's about the confidence building you were talking about, um, because that was kind of my instinct. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so she hates this place. Let's create like a positive like behavior, a positive interaction of this place rather mm -hmm. than trying to like, get her to play. But I really question if I was doing the correct thing or if I was just traumatizing her more. Um, for example, her trigger, it's like the exit door. She would get down the stairs and as soon as she get to the exit door, she would continue to go down into the car. Like this fear itself is not the problem. It's passing the door to the outside that was like, no, I'm not going there. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if, so I have treats with me because she's pretty, she was very food oriented at that point. Toys weren't doing it, but treats were, where I would like throw treats on the, like on the outside of the door. And she would like very scary, like go grab them, but then come back to the door. So I was wondering if me kind of pushing her out of the door and kind of forcing her to be on that area was actually the right thing to do because she obviously didn't want to be there. And that's one of the days, like maybe two days after that's the day that she started shaking her. So I'm like, I, I, I'm sure I'm traumatizing this dog more than then because I have good intentions. I just wanted her to see that this is good, that this is not a scary place, but she is scared. So like, is that the right move for me to like force her to be in this place? Even if I have food, even if I have had like treats and stuff like that. Um, so yes and no, uh, cause there's a, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. So, uh, for me, like if she's afraid of a door threshold, I wouldn't be pushing her by herself to that. I would be walking her okay. through that with her. Okay. You know what I mean? So like if that, if you have that, if you have that door threshold where she's like, this is where, you know, whatever happened. I see. I see. I yeah. See. I would okay. be, I would be going with her. So a, you would, okay. you, you'd be with her and then B you would give her some, you would give her, um, some sort of motive or something to do as you're, as you're going through this. So that's, that's, that's important, um, to, to make sure that you're, you're doing that. You're not just like, Hey, jump off the plank by yourself, like walk it, you know, what you want to so more like maybe like have like food on a hand and like get her on a heel through like with uh, like a lot of food in my hand through the door or because what I was doing is that I was like walking to the other side of the door and like I'll have food in my hand and I'll be like Penelope come and like she'll approach slowly and then grab the treat and then come back in or if I do Penelope fine on the other side of the door, she'll like find it real quick and then go back to the door. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Um, yeah, I would do things like that. Just like have her go through. And if she's if she's going through the door for food, then that just tells you how afraid she actually is because a dog who is terrified wouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's a spectrum and there, there's a level of like insecurity and fear that dogs obviously will have. And it doesn't matter like if, if w whatever the fear levels is, if she's actually pushing through something that she's afraid of, it, it, it gives you a good opportunity to gauge how afraid she actually is. Cause if she's like, so that's not as afraid as it definitely could be. It's okay. like a quarter of the way. Okay. Yeah. Some dogs okay. will 
pee and poop on themselves when they get into those areas, but she's not, she's like, okay, I'm going to go grab this treat and then I'll come back. Like that's, yeah, she's afraid. She's not hanging out there like lollygagging, but that just tells Mm -hmm. you that she's not unhealthily uh, being stressed out or triggered in that situation, which is good. Okay, good. Okay, great. Perfect. So at this point, like I talked to the sitter uh, last night and she, like I said, she was doing um, better or like walking through those mm-hmm. situations. So I think the next one, um, yeah, I have like, <laughs> there's so many things with her, truly. <laughs> um, so like I said, I've had her since she's a very young puppy and she has always had that cliche behavior, you know, German Shepherd living in an apartment. She is extremely dog reactive and by extremely um she was okay so penelope has been her name is penelope she's been reactive ever since she was with me it started as the play like what they call the playful reactivity Mm -hmm. where she saw her dog and she was like i want to play with that dog and like play um and then it become leash it became leash reactive um, but then I relocated from the Midwest to California and it absolutely just became, I don't want dogs near me. Okay. Um, and I respect that. And we've been able to achieve a lot with her reactivity because I started to give her space from other dogs. And I feel like she trusts me a lot more now. Um, but it's with bigger dogs. I think slowly she is becoming small dog aggressive um because and i don't know if it's a prey drive thing because we're walking and let's say there's a a big dog walking towards us Mm -hmm. i can say penelope leaving and she'll leave the dog and walk away if it's a small dog she'll wait until the dog is right next to us and jump Mm -hmm. she doesn't bite she's never been bitten I think it's a bully behavior, like where she like puts her paws on them and like, but she doesn't want to, like, I always say like, they have teeth. She has the strength. If she wanted to bite, she would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, She just wants to like, she likes to see them running. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The problem is even if I've tried so many things with her, like she, is still very reactive to dogs, small dogs specifically, as well as um, in something that I wanted to talk to you about is her neutrality and how to get her to see other dogs without her being in like this state of like, rah, 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 I don't want you near me. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I explained that properly so the react um, the reactivity to the small dogs what does the reactivity look like um let me think so it's we're walking around and she sees a small dog yeah and she never fixates on that okay if it's a big dog she doesn't okay if it's a big dog she because this happened recently she's not she plays with some dogs sometimes she does like it's around some dogs it's like very selective on the dogs she wants to play with um and they are mostly big dogs and they're mostly male dogs okay uh, so the reactivity to small dogs what's that look like she would 
we're walking around, like I said, and she will wait until they're very close by and she will lunge to them and okay. bark. So that's your obedience. That's where your heel comes into play. So that's okay. all that is, is obedience. Um, it okay. is, it is a reaction towards the small dog, but it's not, it's not anything that the only, the only thing that's happening there is your obedience is failing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you about that because I do yeah, I definitely wanted um some good guidance. Um I've used a prone collar on her forever. Mm-hmm. And at this point, with time that I've been using a prone and the corrections, she should be better at my cues. But like I said before, even with big dogs, if I don't actively say leave it, mm-hmm. she will bark. So how do I make it to a point where we can pass through other dogs and she'll, you talk a lot about making the right decision. Yeah. What point is she going to start making the right decision? Because if I don't say leave it, she won't leave it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, it's, it's, it's more about your handling than it is her. Like if, you know, it's just like you have to make sure that, you're doing everything right on your end. So it's something that you're doing is wrong. Um, only because okay. of, only because my experience of, of doing this for so long mm-hmm. that I, I know that if I took her right now, I could walk her through a hundred dogs and it, it would, mm-hmm. it, that would be it. Right. So, um, whatever you're doing, so you have to really look at how you're handling her and what you're, okay. and what you're saying and what you're doing. Um, and also just okay. understanding that, um, the realities of your dog barking and then you say leave it and then her stopping is as good as obedience can get sometimes. So meaning um, when you go out, there's certain things that your dog is going to be mentally capable of and then not, right? And some dogs, depending on, again, their exercise level, their training, their obedience, their genetics, their size, all of that stuff plays a role. And you go out and she goes, hey, there's a dog. I'm going to alert. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get stimulated. I'm going to make this decision to make this behavior. You say, hey, knock it off. She says, okay, fine. So then the next thing that you would want is perfection, which is impossible. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yeah. So that's what I wanted. Yeah. So you can, you can get her to not bark, but you're not going to be able to get her to ignore the dogs and act like they don't exist. So I guess my answer to you would be when you're out with her and you're handling, um, again, like looking at the equation that when you say leave it, she does, that's, that's people would give their entire life savings for what you have, right? They, they cannot get their dog to stop reacting stop lunging start stop barking stop pulling and so when you go out and she goes hey i'm stimulated there's a dog what do we do how do we handle this and you say we don't and she goes okay and she keeps moving i mean that's really all you would ever want is your dog is alerting you to let you know hey somebody's here because the neutrality part you can do however the only problem with creating neutrality in a public scenario is you have to depend on the other dogs to make the right decisions and to be the right dog for your dog to be neutral in. So if you have another dog that is acting neurotic and crazy and running around and barking and spinning and chasing a ball and you're like, hey, I want my two-year-old German Shepherd to be silent, neutral, robotic, 
then your obedience should be Yoda status. And if your obedience isn't Yoda status, then you can't get to that point. Um, or you're not at that point, I should say. Yes, Yoda status. We have, I feel like with Penelope, we have achieved a lot. So um, I live now next to a dog bar, like I said earlier, and we even managed to work to... Sometimes dogs on the other side of the dog park, they literally just enjoy sitting at the at the fence and like barking at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we managed to her be able to walk through dogs w- that are snapping at her without every like she doesn't even look at them. Okay. Except when they are small. Yeah. So how do I work on that Yoda obedience where I because I think my goal for her has always been, you know, maybe I should have got a golden retriever um, because my goal for her was always have like a more neutral, um, you know, we can sit on places where she doesn't really care about other dogs. She really doesn't care about people at all. Mm-hmm. If we go into a place where there's only people, she does not care. Mm-hmm. Um, and she else but as soon as one dog in like enters the room she's like lose her mind so i feel like what i and she loses her mind for a moment um something that i want to put on she there's let's say we're in uh we're i don't know in x place and there's only people and a dog comes in she'll bark for about 30 seconds and when she noticed that i'm not going anywhere and that the dog is not going anywhere she's like ah okay whatever um the second behavior that she does is like let's say um think that dog is pretty neutral and that dog is pretty good and i i have a sense that, that she's gonna get along with it if we introduce them then she'll stop barking at other dogs like so i don't know if it's a fear thing too um, where as soon as she met her first dog, she doesn't care about other dogs. Yeah. So I feel like, how do I get to that point of her obedience where she can be, you know? Well, I think um, the first thing I would say is if your dog is barking for 30 seconds, that just tells you how much out of control your dog is under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So then, so th- there, that's it. So that's why. so anything you said after my dog barks for 30 seconds when she sees a dog doesn't matter. Because that means that at the beginning of the project, you automatically lose. So nothing else mm-hmm. matters. Doesn't matter okay. if it's a small dog, big dog, barking dog, neutral dog, therapy dog, aggressive dog. <laughs> if your dog sees another dog and goes bark, 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 bark for half yeah. a minute. It's a whole thing because then I have a prong and I'm leaving her leave it and she's not leaving it. And I'm like correcting and I'm pissed at her at this point. And yeah, it's all you. And- it's all you. And yeah, and we're like fighting and she's fighting me and she starts jumping on me and I'm losing my shit. And yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> so I'm like, how do I handle this? How do I handle this, Tom? You what do I do? Yeah, you have to you have to make sure that you're so so she is she is uh spiraling because of your handling. So everything that you're doing with her is making her more reactive and more insecure, more vulnerable, more nervous, more intense. And so you have to make sure that your prong collars fit right, your prong collar correction is right, and you're doing something that 
um, you're doing a correction that actually matters to the dog. And I would say 60 to 70% of times when people come in with prong collars, they're fit wrong. And then 60% Mm -hmm. 70% of the time on top of that, they don't do the correction wrong. So normally when people come in with prong collars, it's better than a flat collar, but they still aren't using it right. So you just have to make sure that when you're out with her, you're doing um, good obedience. So you have your good inside turns, your outside turns. What's the context of this? Like, where are you in these circumstances typically? Um, I'm just giving like uh, random, like maybe prior examples. I this usually happens in enclosed spaces, um, but she before um, our prior conversation about the the fear reaction, the fear reaction to the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I work on her off leash before I work on anything else. So Penelope is very well like off leash and mm-hmm. she responds to me very well. And something that it's always curious to me is that when she's off leash, she cannot care about other dogs any less. If she's off leash, she doesn't approach other dogs. She yeah. has like hundred percent. The reason so these situations, that's why I feel like why it's so hard for me to handle her on like a more like enclosed, like, Space, like obviously, when we're off leash, we have the free species entertained. She's playing. She's like, okay, this is this is my happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, versus when we are, she's on a leash and we're in, like, let's say a coffee shop, which I don't go for years, but like, let's put that there as an example. Um, if I even try to go into a coffee shop, it's an enclosed space, there's dogs. Um, she doesn't like to chill. And she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to not react. I want to be doing something else. And then I get into the mood, which I know it's wrong because she's a dog, but like I kind of lose my patience. And I'm like, no, 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 you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And she's like, nope, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then we like, <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things. Um, the reason why your dog is good off leash and not on leash is because you're attached to it. So again, you yeah. are you are the reason, right? And yeah. so, so there's that. That's why. And then the other thing is is if you and you you kind of already said it yourself is you're obedient. What you're doing is you're trying to put your dog in a situation that they're not trained to handle, and then you're then you're getting upset and frustrated with it not working. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. Yeah. That's why. How do I work if we have time? How do I reintroduce two things on her? First, how do I her- learn how to like handle her on those situations? Because I must say, so for example, our walks to, we go on hiking, we go to the beach, we go to the port, like in this situation, like how we behave as a as, as a mom, as an owner and dog or mom and a dog in these environments is very different as how she behaves with we're in like I said like one of these in like enclosed spaces. Of course. So how do I yeah, how do I learn how to handle her and how do I what do I teach her as a first step leaning towards that? Right. You'd be working on uh, your 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 down your stays your leave its, 
and you'd okay. be you'd be you'd be developing those out through three different levels. So beginner and advanced is level one, intermediate is level two, and then out and then advanced off leash um, is level three. And level three is a my dog like you doesn't get better than that. Your dog like you can get your dog to do anything uh, under any circumstances. So because there's only three mm-hmm. levels, um, it just makes it easy. But, you know, to get just because I guess there's one step in between a puppy and then the most obedience dog ever, um, it takes time to really mm-hmm. round to those areas. So that's where your basic obedience. So right now your foundational basic obedience is not it, it's not good enough. So what you're doing is your okay. dog doesn't. So what you have to do is you have to go out and and work on your basics and you have to build them up with different distractions. So, um, I have, uh, I think almost a thousand videos on YouTube now that you can check out that will go over, um, specifically like every single dog owner that comes into my facility that pays me all that money to work with them. I don't work on their problems. I work on the reason why these problems exist. And it's the same reason why your problems exist is because you come in with an external problem of like, Hey, here's my problem. My dog, my dog. So what you're thinking, you have to change the mentality of how you're thinking. You're thinking I can't bring my dog to a coffee shop without my dog freaking out. And you're trying to fix that, but that's not the problem. The problem is, is your dog doesn't have enough confidence with you to handle it mentally. And then your obedience isn't good enough for you to say, Hey, I want you to downstay regardless of if a dog's walking behind you or not. So you have to think about in practice, for an example, you would, you would go outside to a minimally or medium distracted environment. You'd put her into a place. Does she have a place? Mm -hmm. Okay. Put her into a place. stay she has a good stay um the word i never introduced the word place so right now i could say like coke and she's gonna think like <laughs> that's place um i have a good stay okay do you have a good <laughs> do you have a down i do have a good down i even if she's off leash and she's far from me and I need her to like, I don't know, because I started working on these things early because off leash dogs um, that approach her. So that's why I'm her. I could say Penelope down from 50, 100 feet away and she'll get down. But if I'm if I'm in my apartment complex and I have her on a leash and I said Penelope down, she's like, mm, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Those are the types. So, of, like, those are the types of things you have to work on. So if you're in your apartment yeah. and you can't down her, then yeah. you can't down her at the coffee shop. That's your problem. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So any of those okay. things that you're thinking of that you're like in your apartment, you're in your property, you're in your area, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't get my dog to do here. There's mm-hmm. no way. That's what you're at. Mm-hmm. That's what you're That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I want you to know this because it'll make your life easier once you understand the problems, right? Because that's what you're in your head. You're like, I don't understand. I want her to down and stay at a coffee shop. But then I'm like, you can't even get her to down and stay at your apartment. So you go to a public mm-hmm. place with all these other people and distractions and noises and sounds and smells. And so, so you can't be like, yeah. oh man, I don't understand. That's why. See what I'm saying? Something that she does. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And something that she does a lot too. And I think I get frustrated because she is, we are both very stubborn people. And something that she does a lot is that she, 
doesn't happen often, but let's say we're, there's a dog that always bark at us, right? Mm -hmm. And they hate each other, absolutely hate each other. Um, so I would have, I would say, she start, they start barking at each other, and I would say, Penelope, leave it, come, and she'll leave it and come, and then sit next to me and bark from my heel. So I'm like, okay, you're doing what I'm asking you to do, but you're not stopping barking. Like, what do I do here? <laughs> like, that because that's what she does when we go out, too. She's like, she's listening to my commands. I tell her to come. I tell her to leave it. And she stopped lunging, but she's not really leaving it. She's just barking from my heel. Yeah. And I would just <laughs> define your leave it, right? So if your okay. leave it is to stop lunging, then that's what you're going to okay. get. But right. if leave it encompasses other things, like leave it for me is to stop doing what you're doing. Like whatever you're trying to get, you should stop. Yeah. So if that's okay. if that's what your leave it is, then she's not leaving it. Yeah, she's not. So there you go. Her 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 definition of leave it is not the same as my definition of leave it, and obviously I know that's my fault because I taught her these things. Exactly. But how do I reteach her this? Because Easy. I feel like Easy. Okay. So you tell her to leave it. So how would you teach her how how to sit if she wasn't sitting? Right? It's the same thing. Okay. Anything that you're so you would do the same thing. You'd say, leave it. She goes, bark, 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 correction. You teach her. Mm -hmm. She hasn't completed the leave it task. You'd give her some sort of pressure until she gets to the goal, right? So you say, sit. She says, no. You give her pressure. She puts her butt on the ground. You say, good, sit. So right now she's training you. This, these are all the things, you know, like this is, these are the bigger pictures of the things. Like, again, you're like, oh, she, she knows leave it and she leaves it, but she still barks. And then really quick within four seconds, we just said, oh, oh actually, no, she doesn't at all. That, that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. That's not real. Yeah. It may, yeah. And, uh, but, but. Gave me the and that she's leaving it because she's coming next to me, but I'm like, is she leaving it really? <laughs> yeah. But that's recall. That's not leave it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that's heel, right? So yeah. again, like y y she's playing you like a fiddle and, and, but here's the thing. Yeah. The reason why your dog is reacting is because of that. Okay. There's no structure. There's no boundaries. There's no clarity, right? I shouldn't say no. Um, there's confusing lines here. There's confusing, no. confusing boundaries. Yeah, the, you just, you have you have um you know but but that's what I'm saying is like the more if you just had a conversation with yourself about your dog problems yeah. you'd and listen back to it you'd be able to say oh 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 all day yeah. long because these are this is the you know this is these are the conversations that we're having you know it's like it's like oh you know she knows leave it and she leaves it but she's still barking well then she's not leaving it at all you know what I mean you're like I, yeah I, I got to the finish line and I'm like no you didn't you're not even close to the finish line so that's that's when you're caught yeah. you know what I mean but here's here's what's the most important thing about this entire conversation and if you can take this away you'll it, it'll impact you forever with your dog is understanding that that's um as a scenario like that's what's happening is you're like tom i'm at the finish line but it's not it's i'm i'm not it's not rewarding it's not you know i don't feel like i finished and the reality is is you haven't gotten to that finish line like you yeah. and even you know that you're like oh i tell her to i tell her to um stop reacting and she doesn't because she's breaking her like like this is yeah. what you're doing is like she lunges at smaller dogs how do i stop that well she's breaking your heel so she so she mm -hmm. if she didn't break her heel that never would have happened or mm -hmm. you say hey she continues to bark after i told her to leave it so in your head you're like she's leaving it but she's still barking well then 
she's telling you what leave it actually is and uh-huh. it just keeps going and that's what you're doing is your your obedience wise the other stuff with the fireworks and stuff like that that's just yeah. an unfortunate that's- thing but the obedience yeah. is that's where your relationship is getting so rocky because you say hey mm-hmm. leave it she flips you off and says i am not leaving this dog shut up mom bark 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 then when you get into a situation where she gets a little bit vulnerable or she gets nervous, a.k.a. you're in a coffee shop and another dog or another person walks in, she immediately goes, my handler is not going to be able to handle this situation because of the lack of confidence that I've seen from her under these circumstances. And those are the types of... So again, like every single dog owner has this same structural problem. It's kind of like... It's like building a hamburger. There's the bottom bun, the meat, and then the top. Every single time it's the same thing. So don't look at it as anything other than like your overall relationship. And that's why um, if you take that away, you'll be very successful because that's what you're doing is you're, you think that it's why it's confusing for you and it's frustrating for you. And that's why when you're out, you're fighting her is because mm-hmm. – your expectation of what she knows isn't the reality of what she actually knows. And that's why it's frustrating because you're like, I told you to leave it and you're still barking. So then you're, she's riding up the leash and you're, you're out there and you're, you're, you're frustrated and she's frustrated. And it's all just because your leave it wasn't there in the first place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes all the sense. So, okay. Um, I'm trying, I'm thinking it in, um, because yeah, I'm thinking about the the right way to correct her. I would say, mm-hmm. um, or um, I do know for a fact that her prone is so big, um, but I cannot find a prone that fits her. Yep. Um, is they're too big or too small? What do you have? Do you know what size you have? Um, I do not know what size I have. I do not, um, and I don't have it with okay. me. But so, so you can. I, I, yeah, just uh, it's. I've seen. I don't know how to explain it. I, I really don't. Because how I got into the prone was because I did um, went into a trainer when I was in the Midwest. Um, her reactivity was like, and I think. Okay, I'm gonna excuse myself a little bit. I feel like I, <laughs> I need a little. Um, I um, I didn't know. Like her reaction was a lot worse. And I think because she's gotten a little better, I've kind of been lacking on like some like, um, st- like more structure. Mm-hmm. Like she was insanely bad and then she became a little bit less bad. And I'm like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really haven't like put a lot of like more like structure or like more like um what am I trying to say like consistency on her training I'm like yeah so yeah. I went into the trainer when she was like younger because of her reactivity and they fit the prone um and back somehow that she was like maybe uh not even a year when um she was like 11 months mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is normal but I feel like her neck is smaller now so the prong actually like slips down Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, yeah, she may be like she's slimmer. She's bigger on body size, but like her like neck itself is smaller. So it does like it used to not fall down, but now it does. So what I do is that I take like one of the link. Yeah, links, but then it's too tight to a point where I cannot make like like it's too tight. I can tell it's too tight. So but then I go to like the stores to see what else they have and they're all the same. So I don't. Yeah, you can just get a, you can get a two point two five off my uh, website, and that will solve that problem. Done. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's a smaller link, so you can take them out and add them in, and it's not going to drastically change the size of the prong collar. So if you have a, if you have like a three point two, which is a big gauge prong, and you take one of them out, it's going to drastically change the size of the prong. So when I go to the stores, I do notice that they have like smaller like links yeah so you can as long as you have a safety clip you can use a smaller prong collar but again like i want you to in hindsight look at what you're again it's the same thing right you're like so let me let's walk through something here okay let me know oh wait do we uh maybe a few seconds i don't think we have time for this but um so I walk down my stairs, right? I take the stairs, can take the elevator, because if I get down the elevator and there's a duck in there, that's shenanigans. So I yep. go down the stairs, and I'm walking around, and I have the prong on the right place, and she sees a dog, and I don't say leave it, because I want to test if she's going, like, what decision she's going to make, mm-hmm. right? If she reacts to that dog... And she's not on a hill. Let's say she's not on a hill. She's smelling. She's pooping. She's doing her thing. And mm-hmm. she sees the dog. She doesn't take the right decision. She, like, I snap and put her on a hill again? Or what do I? Tell her to leave it um, okay. and and then correct her. Snap or snap, leave it. Leave uh, it, snap, right? Well, if she, yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. the same. If she's already doing the behavior you don't want her to do. Um, okay. then you can pretty much correct her and enforce it at the same time. Okay. But again, like none of that's going to matter because your prong isn't fit. That's why I was trying to like say like none of this matters, right? And that's what I'm saying is like you you, you keep loop, you, yeah, you keep mentally looping yourself here over. Yeah. So you, you keep saying my dog doesn't listen when I do this and my dog doesn't listen when I do this and we're breaking the heel and we're not leaving it. Yeah. None of that matters because you're – on like changing the prone. Like once I modify the prone, like her correction should matter more yes. than they are. Yeah, you can't. You're you're showing up. You're showing up to the job site that really needs screwdrivers, and you're bringing measuring tape, and you're scratching your head, and you're just like you, that's what I'm saying is like every scenario mm-hmm. that you've brought up to me is it yeah. loops loops back every time. It's the you are the problem and the solution here every time. I get it. yeah, love that. Okay, yeah, no, that's definitely what I wanted to know because, like you said, I've been looping for a while now, and I'm like, why is this not freaking working? Like, what what exactly. am I doing? Like, and so, okay. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's really what I needed to hear um, in everything. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and like I said, I would um, every single dog training video full length that I've put out over the last year is no, – but- I, I think like you said, it's like it's going back to the basics because I have watched some videos and I was like, that's why I decided to make the phone call because I'm like, I continue to try all these things. Why it isn't working? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because like those little <laughs> things make a big difference. Like you're using the wrong equipment 
your pro yeah. your, which then you get frustrated, your timing gets wrong. And then it just, so for me, I can look at you, handle your dog for three minutes and go, Nope, this is, this is all, this is, this is all why this is happening. And so, and again, and I'm saying that because that's what a lot of dog owners think. And, and I, and it's not wrong. It's just, somebody hasn't shown you, you know, properly. And so you think like you're doing this, but again, the definition of insanity of Kent is just trying mm-hmm. to do the same thing. And so, yeah, so I would just get back down to the basics and, and really work on that and get yourself a, a different size prong collar that actually fits because it's, if your prong collar isn't fit, right, it doesn't work. Anything that you do with the prong collar that's not fit doesn't matter. Nope. I don't care what problems you have. I don't care how bad your dog is reacting. If you're like, I'm using this training collar to communicate and it's not on right. Nothing, none of your problems matter. It all goes out the window, all of it. So make sure you get that and then start to revisit these things. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, first question comes from Tony Fam one two three. Hey Tom, uh, you just read one of my reviews about the difference between Kickstarter course and YouTube tutorial. I end up getting the Kickstarter course and it's definitely helping. So the question I have now is, how frequent should I do training? My puppy is sixteen weeks and is and is done at about ten minute mark. How do you frequently do that throughout the day? So it's a great question, and I suggest doing those ten minute sessions throughout the day. So even if you want to do six to eight 10-minute sessions or more, depending on what your dog has in the tank, mentally and physically, that's totally cool to do. You just don't want to burn your dog out to where they get frustrated and training kind of goes awry after that. So it's a great question. Those 10-minute sessions are great. Um, So I wouldn't overdo it there. Um, I think the next question in this here is they listen very well if there's a leash involved, but it's an inconvenient to have the leash on in the house. And I've tried using six inch leash. Yeah. And, 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 and as you know, Tony, we talk about this almost in every single podcast. That's just the difference between on on leash and off leash obedience. So everyone wants their dogs off leash. You just have to make sure that you do your off leash training to incorporate that. If your dog is not trained fully off leash, you can't have your dog off leash and have a reliable resource of, of communication. You have to practice and it takes experience and it takes different picture and scenario changes in order to proof that out. Cool. Next one comes from Dinny Ujack. Tom Davis, you are a breath of fresh air and one of the most knowledgeable and least egotistical content developer and delivers when it comes to training dogs. Great, useful dog training information a little at little or no cost. Really like learning from the podcast. I'm regular listen and I often recommend it. Um, to other dog owners. Thank you. My question is, is when working with an, with an elderly's dog, when working with an elderly owner's dog, although the dog is young and she has plenty of energy, should I walk at the slow pace when teaching heel or casual loose leash walking? I think it's obvious not to teach the dog to jump, etc. Um, should I try to mimic the 80 year old's walking behavior? I think you should, yeah, you should slow things down and just make sure that the dog is at anybody's heels. And I think that that's the most important thing with heel Jake is when you're teaching a dog to walk at any at at the heel it's at anyone's heels so this dog should be walking at your heels his owner's heels anybody else who takes the leash when you say heel the dog because it's a position command the dog is supposed to be walking loose leash next to that person's heel so it doesn't matter it's the same thing with recall um, it doesn't matter how you say it or whatever. Well, it does, but you know what I mean? Recall is recall down is down. Heel is heel. Good question. Thanks for listening. Um, 
Next one comes from RH River 555. Best podcast ever. Thank you so much for the help. I look for different types of trainers that really do want to work on behavior. Um, P.S. Most people don't say my name right for the first time, so you did good. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that was just a review. Uh, next one is my favorite review that we've gotten. <laughs> the Squish Mellow Girl. Five stars. Cool podcast. Hi, my name is Jordan, and I really like your podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Next one comes from Jane S. Ohio. Love your podcast. Five stars. I have a 14-month-old, unneutered Rottweiler, well-trained him on your dog trip 280C, and his operating level should be about a nine but he continually pushes the limit. We don't have a fenced yard, so we rely on recall and the e-collar to keep him within the parameter of the yard. The problem is, is he does well for a while, and then he starts to become less responsive over the course of several days. He will be 100% on level 9, then start to become slow to respond until we level up. And then within two weeks, he's only coming on high levels and even uh, takes his good sweet time before coming. I know this means we have to lay better groundwork, so we go back to the basics. Are there any daily or weekly exercises you would recommend? Um, it's a great question, Jane. Um, I would say this, that if your dog is having a hard time, uh, it, it might mean also that you are asking your dog too much. So whenever I see a dog start to, it's kind of like the puppy question we had uh, below. Whenever we see a dog um, start to like, really not do well with the recall or at least their progression starts to slow down or you can start to see an obvious regression um you have to ask yourself like how many times you're doing it so that's sometimes what happens is like make sure that your recalls a you're doing uh this is a working dog so you want to reward them heavily when they get there with a tug or a piece of food and then limit your recalls in practice to two or three times but if you're out there recalling your dog 10 times within 20 minutes that'll make any dog's recall be slow. And that's probably what's happening. So I would just, A, make sure that you're not overdoing it. And then B, make sure that when your dog does recall to you, that you're animating yourself and you're paying your dog heavily when they get there. Um, all right, you guys, that's a wrap for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.